What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Old Bros, and welcome to the special 4th of July show. How you doing, Big J? What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing out there? Hope everybody's doing well. And uh, we're back for the big 4th of July show, dude. Yeah, second yeah, we, annual 4th of July show. Well, we promised our fans that we were going to have, you know, just have a day and we're just going to talk baseball. Baseball, nothing else. No, no, no other sport's going to interfere in this segment. It's just baseball. Just baseball. And uh, the sport that we grew up loving and watching and watching, uh, playing. Um, yeah, it's a special show, man. I, baseball has honestly a special place in my heart. I know people are like, you know, baseball's boring sometimes, or you know, you, people be telling you that, or the, the new kids don't want to play. They want to play football. They want to play um, basketball. But baseball to me, man, is just an exciting sport. I think it is one of the hard. I think it's, you know, I'm not gonna say it's the hardest sport, man, because I think every sport is hardest. But I think it's the most challenging, man. No, it the baseball has to be. Easily, it's probably one of the hardest sports in baseball. I mean, in sports. It's just somebody throwing the ball 90 miles an hour plus, and you're the hitter, and you in, in that time, you got to determine what kind, of, what kind of stuff is he throwing me and how to hit it, you know, how to make contact. It, it's a hard sport, and if you're a pitcher, control all that is hard, dude. Um, and if you're a fielder, that shit's hard too, man. Balls be coming straight back to you, rockets. And, and baseball is just a hard sport, and I think people underestimate it because you know it's not really a. How can I tell you? It's not like it requires a whole lot of cardio or running yeah, no. and stuff, but but it's a hard sport. It's not easy, and if Kudos to all the baseball pro athletes out there who are doing it and doing it big, man, because, I mean, they make it look easy, and they make us fans fans go crazy on the TV sets and stuff like that. Like, hey, dude, how come you couldn't hit that? And it's not that easy. Yeah, no, it's not that easy. Um, Yeah, man, baseball is amazing, amazing sport. Something I love watching all the time. It never gets boring for me. As a fan, um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of things that I would do differently with the game that we're going to get into uh, later on in the show, man. But uh, speaking of 4th of July, uh, we said this many times. When I think of 4th of July, I think about baseball. That's why we decided to do this, and we're going to decide to do this every single year. Um, but outside of baseball, what are, what's something you like to do on 4th of July? Is it just sit and chill, watch the fireworks? Uh, fireworks, for sure. Um, it's what, a tradition. Uh-huh. Uh, watch baseball. Uh, I like to watch baseball, especially the Dodgers when they're playing. Um, but yeah, just I mean, just hanging out with family and um, and watching fireworks. It's always a, uh, it's always, it's always amazing to do, and uh, especially with the past year that we've had, uh, we a lot of people took that for granted of hanging out mm-hmm. with your family and stuff like that. Now it's like it seems like things are going back to normal. Uh, so having baseball, uh, you know, back with fans and you know, fireworks and celebrate, uh, you know, the 4th of July, it's always, it's always an amazing, um, amazing holiday. And one thing that 
that it just remind like it, when I think of Fourth of July, I think baseball, like the sport that's that you're that you're that's in the middle of everything. Usually the finals are done by now, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, just it's weird. Usually, yeah. uh, you know, there's no football. No football. You know? So baseball is all all lights uh, all lights on baseball right now, mm-hmm. dude. And, and and yeah, so I don't know. What do you what do you think about uh, well, base like what do you, when it's Fourth of July? What is it that you think about? What do you like doing Fourth of July? Uh, man, I just watching like... your Diamondbacks lose. <laughs> yeah, throwing shots on the ball. No, but honestly, man, I love watching baseball um, on Fourth of July. It's it's huge for me. Um, a lot of the Diamondbacks games, you know, on Fourth of July, they're usually in the night, especially when we play at home. So I've always wanted to go to Chase Field. On Fourth of July, see the fireworks and stuff that that they do. I think it's an amazing. But as me personally, man, I just yeah, I just like to chill with the family. Um, I do have like little traditions that I do, like watch the Purge movies on Fourth of July. What? <laughs> well, if you notice, like the Purge movies that come out every Fourth of July, it's just oh. it's just weird. But okay. yeah, so I saw the new Forever Purge. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's fun, fun. So it's a little thing I like to do, but just chill, man. Um, yeah, do my little traditions, but yeah, watch baseball, talk baseball, eat talk hot dogs, eat hot dogs, drink beer, yeah. <laughs> drink responsibly, yeah. but, um, yeah, man, just, just chill, yeah, it's one of my favorite holidays, it's probably my second favorite holiday behind Thanksgiving, and it's kind of, it's kind of weird, you know? No, I, I, you know, and it's like in the middle of the summer, yeah, and you need I, that. I like that. In the middle of the summer, and then you know, it reminds like I, like we said, Fourth of July reminds me of baseball. Trade deadlines coming up, so you're kind of like, oh, you know, what moves are gonna happen? Who's going where? Mm-hmm. The pennant races are starting to heat up, you know, because here comes the trade deadline. Then you, next thing you know, it's August, and it's really heating up. Who's gonna take the division? And the next thing you know, dude, we're in October, getting ready for uh, playoff baseball. Yeah, man, it's true. Everything comes. Comes back to you fast starting July. Um, yeah, so this is, what, this is what I want to start off with. We, we, we talk about 4th of July a lot at baseball and uh, what it means to us. Um, what, do you, what do you think MLB should do uh, to fix the game? And the reason I'm bringing up 4th of July in baseball is I have this idea where... Baseball should limit to sixteen playing on Fourth uh, of July, kind of like what the NFL does on Thanksgiving, where you have six teams. The only thing I would do differently in the baseball scenario is not have uh, two teams play every year, like Dallas and the Lions, in, on Thanksgiving. So, what I would do if I was MLB, let's say I'm the commissioner of MLB starting today. Um, and I'm not saying everything's going to work. It's just my ideas, stuff I think about that I think would be fun. But I would I would put, like, the big teams uh, on 4th of July. Yeah. Uh, or let's say, let's just say uh, the Marlins had a great season last year, the Blue Jays, and they're coming into this year hot. I would give them that spotlight. But in order to, to make the 4th of July competitive and, and uh, make this – Kind of make it this big stage. Kind of, I, I would want to make it Fourth of July baseball feel like opening day in a way. You know how yeah. you get an opening day start for a pitcher that's the best. Basically, you got the opening day start, 
pitchers take great pride in that. Uh, I would do the same thing with 4th of July and, and really um, make it just special for the game because I just feel like, I mean, I love it, but I just think uh, MLB creates the schedule too early where you're putting these matchups and on wrong, wrong, wrong places, man, that I just don't think work. So, um, so my idea... I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's ever gonna happen. I would make an 100. I would make a 116 game season. Okay. I would cut whatever. What is that? 40 something games out of the out of the season. And uh, this is this is kind of an example of what I would do. Division winners will play each other for eight games. So let's say the Dodgers and uh, Dodgers play Milwaukee because um, they ended uh, first. And they'll play in the East. They'll play the Mets. They'll play them eight times, which they already do because they're in the same division. But I would also put the Dodgers versus the three division winners in the AL. Mm. And I would eliminate all these. I'm just using the Dodgers as an example, but I would eliminate all these Dodgers Marlins games, uh, Dodgers Pirates games. And you're getting like one seeds versus one seeds throughout the whole thing to make the league more competitive. Okay. So. Let's say like a team like the Diamondbacks, you're going to be playing more. You're going to play your division. There are no more games. Yes, yeah. I think you play um 19 meetings each each division. So you play that uh off, but um you play all those 19 meetings. Nothing changes with the division, but you play eight games against uh the rest of your seeding. Depending on where you, you finish last year. So, Diamondbacks, for example, right if we're going right now, Diamondbacks will play the Orioles, Marlins. Oh, well, you're going based on last season. Well, if, if the season ended today. Or or you could go last season, too. Yeah. Last place teams will play. Yeah, because, you you know, you can't really go based on in the season. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I but, get you. Uh, yeah, that's what I would do. And I just think you would make the, the, the league more... Competitive, if you if you think that's what the, that's what the NFL does, and I think it's a good. Would MLB knock it to 116 games? I don't think so. Yeah, but because there's so many records, all this going on, and MLB wants his money, but I think I think in a way you would get uh, more uh, more sold out crowds, man, because you're not gonna you're gonna have all these non-competitive games out of the way. Um, yeah, it would suck that you know. Pirates fans in Pittsburgh want to see the Dodgers coming to town, want to see the Yankees coming to town, but you want to put a better product on the field. So I would set up these Dodgers Red Sox matchups more. You know, you play on four in Dodger Stadium, four in uh, Boston, mm-hmm. and and just go throughout the, throughout the the season like that. And I think you're getting so much more. What do you think about that? No, I I think that. I think that that's a that's a good step moving forward. I, I don't know if I would cut it down to what did you say? 116. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, w- I think I would do maybe like about 140. I cut 20 games off, uh, just because I feel like if you know it's it, it, the season's still long enough, and you know the 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 league could still get their money with their TV contracts and all that. And you cut 20 games, which is usually like the 20 games that are probably in the beginning of the season that don't really mean much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I do I do like your idea there about the first-place teams playing the first-place teams. I like that idea. More competitiveness. I also think um, 
I also think MLB needs to do a better job of of doing. I don't understand. There's a lot of games and a lot of teams, so you know they they do the schedule out of like a year before. But I think they gotta cut that. Yeah. Like they have to just. You gotta know who to put up. Like for example, I mean, what was it for like four weeks straight? We saw the Cardinals yeah. five, on Sunday night Sunday. baseball, and then not only that, they were probably in the one of the, or there's probably still are in a in a drought. So that you know you're playing the Cardinals on Sunday night baseball for five straight weeks or something. Like you gotta do a better job of that. Like you cannot. There's no way. Like you gotta put the. You, you gotta put the the Cardinals there five straight weeks. Like you have to rotate that thing around. You gotta put the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox. I mean, I know the Red Sox had a bad season last year, but you you gotta go based on how the season's going. I would not. I would like wait, wait to like almost between the season. And then I'll release my schedule, see how teams are doing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also do like another like try to come up with another prime time. Uh, matchup i mean i think it's hard because baseball plays every day so football is only a couple days of 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 the week so that's why it's a little harder for baseball but i think baseball just needs to do a better job of also promoting its players dude like i mean you're seeing guys out there that are doing big things and not even getting recognized like it's sad like uh for example what's the guy's name from the orioles uh cedric Williams. I mean, this guy's balling, man. He should be a starter in the All-Star game, and he's not. Yeah. Mike Trout is a starter in the All-Star game, and he hasn't even played. He's played, like, what, 20 games? Yeah. 20, it's ridiculous. Like, I know Mike Trout is one of the best players in baseball, but he should not be in starting no. in, in, in the All-Star game. Like, it should, there's no way. You, you got If you're MLB, you got to let – I think you got to let the players vote. Yeah, and let I mean, if you want the fans to vote, let the fans vote for like the reserves or something. But as far as starters, you gotta let. I feel like you gotta let, you gotta let the players, the peers talk mm-hmm. because I feel like they know a little more. They're you know, they they're in the game. Uh, they obviously see these guys in day in and day out. You gotta let them know. But yeah, I mean, those are a couple things that we could fix with baseball. That it's just. It's, Things that I feel like could go a long way changing it. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. So, um, that, that's kind of what I had too. But, uh, okay, so the 116 game, obviously you're cutting down about 40-something games. Um, I would start the season in like right before Memorial Day, mid-May. And this is this is where I'm getting to with my 4th of July thing. So, you're setting 4th of July to be your main holiday to promote your game, right? So, I would pick six teams. Three games. You have the the morning game, whatever you want. Uh, kind of like what basketball does, but the with, with uh, NBA, Christmas. Yeah, uh, NBA does with Christmas. What uh, NFL does with uh, with um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. There you go. Um, but th- this is what I would do. I would ask the managers to start their top pitchers in order to add more recognition to the top players. So, like, in, in if the season start would, would start in mid May. I mean, mid-May to 4th of July, uh, it's not, but a month, a month and a half is about, what, 40 games? 40 games into the season? So, let's say you do mess up. Let's say, for example, let's say the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, will have an epic uh, NLDS that went five games, extra innings. Let's say, okay, let's say the Do- the MLB says, I'm going to put the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, 
for next season on 4th of July. They said the Diamondbacks are having to see like they are now. I mean, you're only 40 games in, so it's not as bad. Yeah. You know, it's not as bad. And, you know, you're promoting, you, you, you'll tell your managers, like, hey, since the Dodgers have, like, uh, all these pitchers they could pitch from, all these aces, you know, the Dodgers, you know, pit, you know, pitch one of these guys, either skip their start the week before and put them on this uh, on 4th of July. And I would tell the Diamondbacks, you know, um, get your best starter out there. Get your best starter If he's healthy, throw him out there. And, you know, you know, a lot of managers are kind of like, they're kind of uptight. They don't really like to do this. But as MLB, I would say, hey, on 4th of July, whoever's playing, we'll give each player that plays or that's in the game 50K. Yeah. Something to promote these guys and put the best product on the field. And... I mean, I, I think that I think that would be really cool because you'll put these guys up there because not a lot of people know, let's say, Cattell Marte, Zach Gallon. They don't know Cedric Mullins. They don't know uh, these players from Seattle, you know? But if they're – so I think MLB does a poor job of promoting their players, of these players that not a lot of people know. Yeah, not a lot of people know these guys. Uh, uh, for example, um, like – like you said, Cedric Mullins, like, dude, this guy, I mean, he didn't even get the starting gig, no, which he should have got it. Uh, I feel like a lot of your average fan knows a lot of Dodgers, knows a lot of Yankees, Yankees Red, Red Sox, Sox. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Like, a lot of people do not, I know the Rays are having an awesome season yeah, too, and nobody knows anybody on the Rays. The Rays, the A's? The A's also, another team, like, it was crazy. Like, I think the other day they averaged a total of, 14,000 people. This is after they got free opening for everything, like free full capacity. Yeah. I mean, it's like 14,000, really? Like, th- there's a reason why I don't blame the A's for trying to leave to go to Vegas. I, I would, if I'm running that team, I would leave to go to Vegas too. It's like, go where the money's going to go where your team's going to be more success, successful okay. with, you know, money and all that. But it's a business. So mm-hmm. I think, I think if you're the A's, you have to. Consider the move, mm-hmm. and if you're MLB, you got to support the A's in their decision if that's what they want to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, man, if your fans are not showing up, I totally agree. For they should try to move out of there and go to a place like Vegas, where I think. Also, think harder. I know a lot of stadiums are doing this. They're especially newer stadiums are building up an atmosphere around it, bars. I think MLB has done a pretty good job of that. Uh, or at least, you know, the states who are building these stadiums, um, taxpayers, all that, they're doing a good job of of getting getting these stadiums with, you know, bars. Uh, like, for example, I went to the Dodger game on two, uh, Monday against the Giants, and I got to check out the bar that's uh, underneath the bullpen. And, dude, it's an awesome feature. Awesome. Like you, you, you go in. The bar is legit. There's scoreboards on on betting, like uh, sport, like things that you could bet on. I guess like go DraftKings or whatever, and bet on a certain uh, certain guys batting right now. What are the, what what are the predictions that he's gonna strike out or hit a homer or get a single or a walk? And the percentages are all there. That's all cool, dude. And then like you could go. You watch, You could literally watch the guys in the bullpen warm up. It, it's a cool feature to have, you know. So I think a lot of these stadiums are doing that now. So it's attracting more fans to the ballparks, which I think is good. 
And and yeah, I think the, uh, I just think that MLB needs to do a better job of just promoting the game. You know, I feel like the stadiums and all that they're all doing doing the things right. Yeah, I think in person is fine. It's just yeah, it's TV, TV. Yeah, you want to put a better product on TV. Yeah, you want to put a better product, you know, like you said on TV and everything, but they just need to find a way to, uh, I guess, I guess make it more. Uh, promote your your player a little more. I feel like yeah. they they don't do that. They don't they don't even Mike Trout for many years like best player in baseball, but you know, he he's kinda, yeah he doesn't. I guess because of Mike Trout's uh um personality, he's kind of like Kawhi. He was really quiet. Um, that you really don't hear too much about him, and you know that's why I like that's why I respect these guys like Tatis, uh, Vlad Jr. He's not that loud, but I mean he's still. You're seeing, seeing you're seeing more personality from them that yeah. is really helping build these guys, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, um, Tatis. I mean, he's bringing energy to the game, which I like. I like that. You know, I like the Padres. The fact that they're a villain, like that, that, that is awesome, dude. Like, you know, and then you got teams like the. The Giants also, who are coming up out of nowhere, playing good baseball. I like, like, MLB has a lot of things to build on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can really take it to another level. I just feel like sometimes MLB tries to be too old school yeah. about things. And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, dude, like, I used to be like, damn, Saturday night uh, midday game? Like, oh, I cannot wait. Who's the, who's the matchup? Yeah. You know, and out here in the West Coast, where we used to get a lot of Dodgers Angels. But it'd be like Dodgers, Braves, or Angels, uh, Yankees, stuff like that, you know. And the good matchups, you know, you get good matchups. Um, and you know, as a kid, I'd be excited to like get to get to watch these games. You know? So I, I really think that MLB, I really think MLB uh, needs to continue to do that, but also provide good matchups on there. Like, don't put Dodgers, Rockies. Yeah you know, uh, your primetime game. No, you got to, like, I think, for example, I just was watching the Dodgers Nationals right now, and the game next week, it's it's uh, Yankees-Astros. Perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. They got to continue to do that and build it up, hype it up. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And then you know, I guess my other problem with MLB is that they have these matchups like Dodgers-Astros during the week. I really don't think those matches should be during the week. I don't think... Uh, I was good that they put Yankees Astros on the weekend, but you know sometimes they put Yankees Astros during the week, and it's just like that doesn't really, that, yeah. that's not good, man. No yeah. one's really watching, uh, or you just have you know you just have the fan bases from from those two respective teams watching, and not really the whole world. I, I think it, I think it's uh, I, I get what you're saying there, but I think it's hard because there is 162 games, so you got to try to get all of them in. You cannot just put you know. Uh, you can't just put, um, you know, the Dodgers versus the, Met and, you know, crappy teams on, on Monday through Wednesday and then, hey, Giants are in the town. Let's put the Giants on the weekend, you know. I, yeah, I'm not saying every season, but I think you but should. But you, there's, yeah, for, for sure, like, for example, MLB knew that the Do- they were going to set up the Dodgers and the Astros. Yeah. Last year, so why did you put? I mean, when we went to Houston this year, the same thing. I think it was Tuesday, Wednesday. Like they, I mean, they put Tuesday, Wednesday in Houston. Our first time we played them, and then I the schedule came. The schedule for August, we play them in August, and it's like Monday, Tuesday. 
And it's kind of like, why? Like, why would they do that? Yeah. Um, it doesn't make sense. I think that that should have been like a a three game series for sure. And it should have been Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. No, I I t- totally agree. I think that that would be much better. You're putting these teams on Sunday night. You're getting you know everybody's mostly chilling on Sundays. You know. Yeah. Uh, they're at or that old bar. They're watching the game. You know, if you have the Dodgers, Astros. I mean, it's just. It makes sense to put those kind of... Uh, and especially, like, let's say you're not a big baseball fan. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard what Astros have done, who they played when they happened, mm-hmm. and it's just a perfect story. So your average fan will be like, oh, dude, let me check this out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As, as far as the 4th of July thing that I have, the, the six, uh, six teams, what do you think about that personally? You think they should cut... The rest of them will be and have six teams to really promote this day. Or what's your opinion on it? My opinion is, I don't know if you could just completely cut them, mm-hmm. uh, but I would definitely put like start like because um, like I tell you, it's hard because MLB plays every day. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely put. Well, if I was the commissioner, I would eliminate some games, and then I could do something like this, right? Because I'm eliminating games off everybody's schedule, yeah. so I could I could put six teams or, or or let's say, yeah. So it'd be twelve teams. Do twelve teams. Okay. But, uh, it'd be six games. I would only put six games, twelve teams playing, right? Six teams. And then the the other I don't know how many was it thirty teams in the MLB. Yeah. yeah. The rest of the teams, y'all get the day off. Y'all go okay. golfing. Uh-huh. Do whatever you guys are playing a doubleheader tomorrow. <laughs> No, I mean I don't know, but 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 I would definitely and I would definitely pick uh, good matchups. Like for example, Padres Dodgers. Uh, I would put Yankees Red Sox. I'd put A's Astros. Like I'd put a bunch of division rivals going at it, like uh, Giants uh, Mets. I, I don't know, like yeah. like good 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 matchups out there. So. You know, you turn it on, it's the 4th of July, you wake up, you're like, hell yeah, dude, like, I'm going to watch baseball today. Yeah. Today is six big games, and they're all pretty legit. Start them early in the morning, mm-hmm. first game maybe at 10, yeah. start with the East Coast games, finish off in the West Coast, perfect. Yeah. And no no other teams, and I would kind of just put them mostly all on ESPN or Fox and the big networks and TBS, TBS and all that, and and I think that would be good for the game. I think it's it's a good start. Make it like a like a primetime holiday matchup and only those te- teams play and then Yeah, and uh, like I said, like I would just you know make those teams want to play on Fourth of July, you know? Like something like cuz I like we said, MLB does their schedule way too early. Wait to wait to wait to everything plans out. What if there's an epic playoff series, dude? Epic playoff series. Imagine this. Epic play- playoff series. Let's say, let's say the Dodgers Yankees meet up in the World Series. Epic game seven, extra inning game, crazy walk off. You're putting that on Fourth of July the next day. Game one. You know, according to my plan, where the number one seeds play each other, whatever. Yeah. You know, number one seed. They for game one is Fourth of July, dude. Like, who wouldn't tune tune in to watch yeah, that? The night game. You know, yeah. everybody's chilling, barbecuing. Yeah, that would be amazing. That'd be amazing. You know, I think they should do that. Um, also, like, like just kind of just, how can I tell you? Like, 
pick your teams. Don't don't do the schedule so early, which which so, I, so I I think bad, is dude. so dumb. Why they how they do that? Also, like like for example, Dodgers, Tampa Bay. That was a pretty good World yeah, Series last year. And you should have them play this season at some point. Maybe not on, on 4th of July, like you say. Uh-huh. But at some point this season, these two teams should be playing. Mm-hmm. And hype it up. Hey, like, oh, a World Series uh, rematch, rematch of last year. You know, boom. It's fucking, it's on the weekend series at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Come check it out. Raise, raise Dodgers. Yeah, Andrew dude. Freeman against his old team. Mm-hmm. And, dude, it would have been, it'd be a good, um, good uh, classic uh, or a good way to promote that series. I think what MLB is missing is more storylines, right? Yeah, yeah. They need storylines. So, like, NFL has a storyline. NBA, because everybody's chatting, storyline. Yeah. So, I think I think now players are, you know, you have the Don- Josh Donaldson situation with the Chicago White Sox, yep. which is storyline. Story yeah, that's intriguing, dude. Yeah. You got to have, I think, I think you got to let players uh, speak. Uh, and I also think another thing that kind of kills a game and stops players from speaking is the fact that they get drilled. So if they say something, the next day they're getting drilled in the head. Like, that has... If MLB could find a way to eliminate that, like, I know it's probably impossible. But, like, for example, like, you know, I think Acuna, he's he's a loud, loud guy. Like, he likes to, like, do the bat flip, all that. But he pays a price for that. Because yeah, the Marlins have hit this guy a bunch of times, and we saw it again yesterday. Yeah. Where they beat him down, and on and the first pitch of the game, whether it was intentional or not, this doesn't look right. It's probably the third time that it's happened to him mm-hmm. on the first pitch of the game, and it's not a, it's not, it's a, it's, it's not a coincidence that it just ball slipped. Yeah, and no, it's not. Yeah, so I mean, I think that that's another thing, dude. Like players cannot be themselves sometimes because they'll get drilled. Yeah, and not only drill, man, but we talk about the Tony LaRusso situation your main Mercedes, but I don't know if you heard about it. Since since he hit that home run that he was criticized, he's been now demoted. Demoted, yeah. I and saw that. That could really mess with a player's mental. Man. You, you're going out there to win. You're going out there to win. You don't care what the score is, 19-0. You throw me a meatball, I'm sending that to the seats. You know what I mean? So you got to let these players be who they are. Yeah. Don't try to change them. No, don't try some to... unwritten rules. Yeah. Same thing with Trout. Like, Trout is a quiet guy, so don't try to change him. If that's yeah. Trout, if that's him, let yeah. Trout be. Yeah. You know? Uh, Vlad Guerrero it, Jr., I mean, if he is a quiet guy and that's the way he plays ball and that's how he does things, let him be. If Fernando Tatis likes to flip the bat, be loud. Stunner step at third. Whatever it yeah. is, be let you. Be. Yeah. That, that helps you with your game. Be you. Machado wants to be a prick. Yeah. And he wants to like talk shit to fans and 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 act like he like he you know whatever it is however he, style he plays play, let him be yeah I think that I think that's what baseball just needs to let these guys be you know just I just feel like you know like a Cunha hits a game winning home run and the next day he's getting drilled in the arm and it's like dude what why yeah. why like I don't think you need to do that I think you need to cut that out and I think if there is any type of intent. Then, then I think MLB needs to be a little more strict. So, so in a way, it's good that they took out Lopez out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is kind of good, you know. I also agree why Mattingly would be mad, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, this has happened three straight times. Mm-hmm. Okay, so or not? I don't know three straight, but it's happened three times within the last year with the Marlins. Yeah, with the Marlins, and it's like, dude, come on, it's yeah. that first pitch of the game. 
Really? Yeah. Like, no, it's at at some point it, it, you start to question what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And another thing I would do to promote the game or fix MLB, uh, I would eliminate the shift or reduce it. I would I would put limitations to the shift. I don't like these crazy shifts, man. Uh, we had uh, I heard Don Madeline talk about it on the Rich Eisen show the other day of how the shift is kind of killing MLB and. Um, you want to see, you don't want to just see home run or strikeout, man. Like, back then, home run and strikeout was was epic, you know? Like, yeah. you strike a batter out, you're like, oh, hell yeah. You Or you hit a home run, it's like, hell yeah. But since it's happened so many times where it's home run, strikeout, home run, strikeout, home run, strikeout, it's like, ah, uh, like, it's not the same feeling, you know? Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of that has to do with the shift, where you had these crazy shifts, where you had the short stuff. On the second baseman side or the first baseman side, the like third baseman playing left field. Yeah, dude, right like I, 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 I don't really like that. I, I get it moving a little bit over, but you're still staying on your side. I, I that's why I would say reducing it or or just eliminating it. If you're gonna do those crazy shifts, say hey, you got three. Honestly, I, I would do I would what I would do to MLB or tell the teams each team like hey, like you you each get six shifts. Yeah, exactly. So. Six shifts, and if they beat the shift, you use it, and that's it. Yeah. So be wise on when you use your shift. Yeah. So I would do that. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought about, too. Either you reduce it or you completely eliminate it, but something needs to happen. No, I don't think you should eliminate it because I think it's good for baseball, good for managing because you can strategize. And, you know, it's kind of like football, like, oh, going for two, not going for two. Which you need strategy in the game. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, there'll be times where if you, like, for example, in football, oh, man, they went for two. Man, they look like geniuses right now, mm-hmm. right? And then same thing with baseball. Like, oh, they did the shift right there. Oh, perfect moment in the game. You know, right position. There was uh, runners on base, blah, blah, blah. Inning was over. Yeah, true. Perfect. You know, mm-hmm. Or it could go the opposite where it would be like, damn, dude, he did the shift and he hit it the other way. And, oh, my God. Yeah. What they do, like. You know what I mean? You can create these scenarios, right? That you can do where there's bases loaded in the first three innings, and you decided you saw your shifts, and it kind of ends up saving you the game because they couldn't get any runs in the first yeah. three innings. Yeah. Do you want to use them all in the first three innings, or do you want to say, you know, use three here, and then say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna use them for the seven, eight, ninth, whatever. Yeah. I I think it's it's really good strategize about that. So that's one thing. Um. I feel like MLB did a great job now with the pitchers' substance abuse. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I, I just, think they did a good job in, okay, so they're getting rid of it. Okay, that's fine. I've, I've told you, I don't yeah. I have an issue with them getting rid of it. I had the issue of when they when, started. Yes, that's why I think That's why I think it was like, okay, dude, like, you're getting rid of it mid, midway through the season. Like, dude, dude, like. Or, or at least have something in place where you could tell the players, hey, so we're not going to use this sticky stuff, but we found something that's legal mm-hmm. for you guys to use while, you know, while you guys are on the map. And it's not, it's nothing that's too much. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Anyways, like, just feel like baseball gets all the attention for the wrong reason. Like the sticky yeah, stuff. True, true. You know, the brawls, the backflips and stuff. I mean, but they're fighting in hockey all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they fight in hockey all the time and nobody ever talks about it. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. dudes losing their teeth on the ice <laughs> ring and nobody talks about it. But yeah. 
In baseball, it's different. You know, like, dude, they don't even fight. They just come out of the dugouts. And they just yell, you, your mom this, and your mom that, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and But they don't, they don't, um, how can I tell you? They don't, uh, you know, they don't do anything. So it's kind of like, uh, dude, like, they get, they get attention for the wrong reason. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, just stand on the, the pitching set. Scandal. John Madden did say like you could hear the ball like coming out. That's how sticky this stuff was that yeah, they were using. So, man, it, it like you said, it, it's not that MLB took this away. It's just when they took it away, I, I just think that was bad of them. I think if MLB knew about this, you know, because they said they've been knowing about this for years, I think they should have came up with something during these years and said, you know, and if they did decide to put a step on it midseason, hey. This is your. This is what you could. Use. This is your alternate. This is what you could use, and that's it. And I don't mind. Like I don't mind them getting checked. Like that's cool, dude. Like I see. Like they're coming off the mound. They're checking. Yeah, them. that's pretty cool. That's cool. All right, cool. And it's been quick. You yeah. know, there's been a couple incidents where it's like, okay, like, for example, the manager from the Phillies, uh, Girardi and and Scherzer. That yeah. was just different uh, situation right there. I think uh, Girardi was just trying to get in his head, um, but. But yeah, I think that that MLB has done a pretty good job with the way that they're they're policing this thing and whatever. It's not that bad. No, it's not. But the fact that like my only problem is they decided to do midway to the season, yeah. which I think that was dumb. You should have just had a plan in place mm-hmm. from opening day going forward, and and we'd be in a better spot. Yes, I agree. But but MLB decided to go another way, and well. That's just what MLB does. Yeah, I agree. Um, another thing I have about fixing MLB, what do you think about um, maybe moving the home run derby to Saturday night and the All-Star game to Sunday night? I feel like NBA does this, NFL, no one watches the Pro Bowl, but they do this on the weekend as well. Why do you think MLB does it during the week? You think it should be on prime time during the night on the weekend? I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of like the way it is. kind of like the way it is. I like the fact that it's on a Tuesday All Star game, home run derby's Monday night. It's just pretty cool. I like I like I like that. I feel like on the weekend people are busy, so people don't really um, tune into this, especially if you're not really a big baseball fan. Mm-hmm. But like for your average fan, sometimes like you're coming home off a day of work, catch the home run derby. Like I think that's pretty cool, and then having the game be on a Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. I think Tuesday is usually how they do it. I think that's pretty cool, too. I like that. I wouldn't change that. Uh, so, yeah. I would I would definitely um, try to, like, eliminate the fan vote and have the peers vote, like, like all the players vote. I would do that. But I, as far as the days, I'd keep it the way it is. Okay, okay, I, I see that. I mean, it's a. I guess you, with the point you're making, is a pretty cool idea, different. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just, I, I don't know why I like it Tuesday. Yeah, maybe because uh, I get off work late in, uh, on Tuesdays, Mondays, that I really don't catch these, uh, these great things that I'm looking forward to. Like I'm, like it's not the same. Like I get home yeah. and I already know who won the home run derby, so it's not the same. Like, uh, Terry Boston, Charles Hurley. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just not not the same because they do start a little early. They start around like four. I love the I love the All Star introductions, like you know how they introduce every player coming out, running to the field. I really like that. But man, that stuff happens like at three thirty and stuff. So people are not home yet to watch all that yet. Okay. That's yeah, why, no, no, I get what you're saying. That's why I would just love tell your boss to let you off early. Yeah, I'm sure he'll understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he will. Um, yeah, but I would. That's, that's one reason. That's one thing I would like on the weekend for my personal um, liking. Um, but yeah, man, um, MLB. I, th- I think I touched on everything from fixing MLB or what I would do if I was commissioner. Um, just things to make the game more exciting. Uh, another thing that I would do, <laughs> I'd hire a top-notch designer. To uh, oh, yes. to help out with those all star jerseys, uh, that would be something good to do. In my opinion, I think that it'd be great to get something better than what they put out this year. Other years, they they've done a good job, but this year, it, I don't know what happened. It was pretty bad. So usually, MLB is pretty good about that. I don't know why this year they decided to go. Um, the other way around. <laughs> yeah, no, this year was pretty bad. Um, I also noticed that they took away these 4th of July jerseys. They took out the Memorial Day jerseys. I just feel like MLB had this creativity to them every every holiday, Father's Day, Mother's Day. Yeah. They have the hats, but they don't have the jerseys, the uniforms, I think. I think they need to bring that back, for my personal like. I think that was really cool. Yeah, where you have the hat match the uniform. That, that was cool. Uniform. Yeah, yeah right. that, I mean, was, that was cool. You know, now it's kind of just doesn't go. You, you have the red hat, and then you got the Giants wearing their gray jerseys with the orange and black. It just doesn't sit well. Yeah, you know, no, I totally, I totally get that. I totally get that. I, I'm with you on that one. I think that they should they should bring back those uh, 4th of July jerseys. Yeah, do this. You sell more, people buy more. But who knows? Maybe people weren't buying it as much because they're also so expensive. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. Maybe that's probably why they stopped. But, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be um, very... Yeah, I mean, it's something I would do, definitely. But, yeah, we're going to see what happens. Maybe it's just because of the pandemic uh, stuff. I don't know. We'll see. But, but we'll see next year if they come out with it. Um, as far as All-Star... As far as the All-Star game, is there any snubs you saw, anything you didn't like from the roster or the starters, at least, yeah. that were out? Well, I'm going to start off with um, Max Muncy, dude. Like, he should have made the All-Star game. Freddie Freeman, I get it. He was the MVP last year, but he's not playing like an MVP. Last I checked, dude, that guy's batting like three, like 260, two, like 250 at one point. Like, I don't know if it was the ball. The sticky stuff. I, I don't know what it was, but not a, not not an All Star uh, season, in my opinion. I think Max Muncy should have won that, uh, the starting job at first, third base. A lot of Dodger fans are mad because Turner didn't get in there and Arenado did. I'm kind of like 50-50 on that one. Like if Turner would have got in, that would have been awesome, obviously, because I'm a Dodger fan. But I mean, Nolan has also had a pretty good season with the Cardinals, so I, I'm not I'm not so upset about that one. But the first base, Freddie Freeman over uh, Muncie, yes, I'm a little disappointed in that. What about you? Um, yeah, mine was like, I think we already touched on this about Trout making over Cedric Mullins. I think Cedric Mullins has had an incredible season. He doesn't get the love obviously because he plays in Baltimore. Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And it's not promoted correctly, so no one really knows Cedric Williams, and that kind of that kind of sucks because he's having a great season. Um, 
they got a good player out there in Baltimore. Um, in the last 30 days, dude, he's been killing it. He's second in batting average of 380. Um, he's first in... Uh, F war man, so it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. Stolen bases, type fours with seven, slugging seven twenty. That's fifth in the league. It's just this guy has been killing it, and he, for him not to make it, that's a that's a huge snub, uh, especially because Charles not playing. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so that's he hasn't why. played for about two, like what, two months already, a month and a half, maybe. Yeah, I mean, just, it's been a while, you know, and it's like. Otani, dude, uh, Otani's a beast. Yeah. He should be in it, and he is in it, right? Yeah, he so, is in it. So, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with Otani. Um, I really uh, like um, that Jesse Winker made it. I don't yeah, know if you saw yeah. his... Uh, I saw his video. His he got video, emotional. emotional. That, that's, that's cool, man. That's cool for the yeah, game. Yeah, somebody who's worked so hard and got got on the All-Star um, team, I mean, it means a lot to a guy like that who's... You know, had a little slow start to his career. Last couple of years, he's been picking it up. And, um, yeah, so, he's very deserving of, of making the All-Star team. Another guy that I want to give praise to is Castellanos. Yeah. I think he's had an amazing season. I think he's one of the better outfielders. Very underrated. I mean, in my opinion, like, when the I remember when the Rays picked him up and I saw them that the Rays got him. I said, man, that's a, that's a sneaky pickup. And look, turned out to be a good move, and and not only that, but he brings a type of swagger, kind of like kind of like um, Tatis does to the Padres. Yeah, he brings a swagger to the lineup. You know, like I think the day he said something like, "Oh, uh, a fan apparently told him like, hey, like hit the balls hard, like if it was Manfred's face on it." And, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I did watch that video. He like hit it over the wall or something, and uh -huh. then he. Went after to the fans. Oh, hey, tell them what you said again. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was cool. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that that's um. And then Vladdy let everybody, oh, dude, let everybody Vlad. in votes. So happy for Vlad, dude. Yeah, like, it's just uh, uh, I saw a picture of uh, his dad at the home run derby, and he's with his dad at the home run derby. Such a cool picture, dude. I think his dad tweeted out something like, uh, "Congratulations for all your hard work," and blah blah blah. And that's an awesome moment, you know. And then there's a picture of them, too, at the All-Star game. Forgot what year it was, but, yeah, it was so dope. Yeah, it's so cool, man. So, shout-out to Vlad. He hasn't had an easy start to his career either. You know, he's had some ups and downs. But it's good to see him um, get to see him uh, being the caliber player that we all expected him to be. And he's killing it right now. So, it's, it's exciting. Um Speaking of the All-Star game, but also touching on the Home Run Derby, uh, Shohei Otani is joining the Home Run Derby. Pete Alonso, he's defending his crown. Trevor Story is going to be in Colorado. He's joined now. Trey Mancini and Salvador Perez so far. You know, I think we're still missing a couple guys, three more at least. Trey Mancini plays where? In Baltimore. Oh, he's wow. the one that beat uh, cancer. Oh, oh, cancer. Oh, so, okay, he, okay. good for him. Good to see him out there participating in this. Um, yeah, this is a really exciting home run derby, man. I think there's, there's a, a couple spots power. left, right? Yeah, three spots, three spots left, but there's a lot of star power in this one so far. I know yeah. Tatis was supposed to join it, but his uh, shoulder. shoulder. So that, that sucks that he's not going to be able to be in it, but damn. And I feel like Coors Field, man, is going to be Trevor Story's in it, right? Yeah. That's going to be good. And Coors Field, I feel like this is going to be an epic home run derby. Ball's going to be flying out of there. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be something that you want to tune in to watch, I hope. 
But yeah, I, I think that so far, hopefully we could get a couple more stars in there. Guys who are probably going to be in the All-Star game. I would like to see a guy like on the Dodgers I would like to see is Max Muncy. I think that he has a nice swing, uh, awesome pop to his bat. I would like to see him. Jock Peterson, also I think Jock Peterson is... He, he had a show a couple years ago in Anaheim, I think it was, uh, when the All-Star game was there, or was it Cincinnati? I don't know if it was Anaheim or Cincinnati, but anyways, mm-hmm. he had he had a, a, he put on a good show, so I would love to see uh, Jock Peterson in the, in the Home Run Derby again. Yeah, that would be exciting. So Home Run Derby uh, coming up, that's going to be exciting to see who fills out the roster. Um Man, this is something I really wanted to talk about today. This, this is what we're going to call, we already did fix MOB. We're just going to talk about fixing the New York Yankees. Yankees are the one of the most... Can they be fixed? Well, we're going to decide. We're going to have our opinions on what we're going to do if you're the GM. You're Brian Cashman today. You're going to decide Look, I, what I ain't gonna. I ain't going to fix anything. <laughs> but I will tell you, this team is pretty pathetic right now. Like, I had high expectations for them. Uh, Araldis Chapman, like, dude, like, he looks, like, he, he doesn't look right. Um, he still throws hard, but it seems like he's missing a lot of his uh, spots. Um, their, uh, Glaber Torres, their shortstop, right? Yeah. Dude, he's been horrible defensively, like, they don't look right. Uh, Gary Sanchez, I think they're saying that Gary Sanchez is, like, one of the worst-rated defenders as a catcher. So, mm-hmm. it's like, like, I don't know. I don't know if the Yankees could be fixed. Like, they might have to do, like, kind of like a mini-rebuild, in my opinion. I mean, keep guys like Judd. Like, what are you going to do with Staten? Like, pretty much it's DH or he doesn't play. And it's like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like they have a lot of bad contracts. Um, they have no pitching depth. Their bullpen ha- usually has been the strong point of this team. Yeah, hasn't been that this year. And defensively, they look they look lost. Like they make so many errors. They have like the most triple plays, but I'm pretty sure they have like the most errors too. Like they look they look pretty bad. A lot of people are saying this is uh, a Aaron Boone problem. What do you? What's your stance on that? Like I don't think it's. I don't think it's that, dude. I think, I mean, what kind of motivation do you need if you're the Yankees? I mean, you're the owner and the GM. You're Brian Cashman. You're telling Boone to, apparently they got rid of Joe Girardi because he kept, uh, he called out um, Gary Sanchez on a playoff game. So that hurt Gary Sanchez's feelings. So that's why they got rid of Joe Girardi. And um, so Boone is, uh, Boone is, you know, he's supposed to be a, a player's coach, and that's what he's doing. But now you have the fans, you know, enraged, saying that they're not calling out the players. And then uh, you had uh, the owner call out the players this past week. And and now the, fan, the fans are kind of like, oh, but yeah, you're not calling out the GM and the, and, the, and the manager. But, you know, everybody's calling for Aaron Boone's head, but is it really his fault that these players are not performing well? I mean, you're trying to comfort them, but... Then again, you know, they're doing dumb stuff like not running hard at first base. They're not – they're making dumb mistakes on defense. Like there was, there was a play the other day. I think it's a, it's a, a ball hit back to the pitcher, right? So they throw it to first base. First baseman, like the ball was a little bit off, 
But the first baseman, all he had to do was make a, a little bit of a stretch, and he got to this ball. And it's, he didn't move whatsoever. And, like, that's that's not, that's effort right there. Like, that's not that's not managing. Like, what is a manager going to do right there? Hey, dude, stretch. Like, come on, bro. Like, you're a professional ball player. You should know, like, the ball is a little off target. Let me Let me move towards the ball. No, dude. He didn't even stretch. That looked bad. And I'm like that that game they lost to the Angels the other day where they oh, tied it on the man. grand slam. Ugh. Like that was just horrible, dude. Like you're losing to the Angels who are not really a, a good team. And and you're trying to get back in the playoff race, play with some kind of sense of urgency, and you play like that? I don't know. This is uh this is a part of the season where the deadline deadline is coming up. The Yankees are currently forty one and forty nine games and a half behind the Red Sox in the division. What do you what do you do? What do you what do you do if you're the Yankees? You just blow it up. I mean, you got you're paying Chapman and you're paying Britain. That's thirty million just between those two players. And you know Chapman's not playing to the potential right now. I think something's going on with him, pitching wise. But thirty million of your payroll is going to your two relievers and. What do you what do you do in this? I mean, you're not Gary Sanchez is, is pretty good right now. Do you decide to flip him now that he has some value? Because they tried to flip him last year when, but no one wanted him. Why? Because he's hitting 175. So do you, now that he's hot, do you flip him now? Get something out of him? Um, you know, I they, think they got some top prospects too. Do you call them up? I think you have to call up your young guys eventually. I mean, we still got, like, I think there's about two weeks. In my The way I look at it, two weeks. Within these next two weeks, if the Yankees cannot get it together, um, then, I mean, by July 15th, I mean, if you're still in the same spot you are in right now, then, yeah, you're going to have to make it do, do like a semi-blow-up. Uh, that's what you're going to have to do. Like, don't blow the whole team up. You got to keep guys like Judd. You got to keep guys. I mean, Staten, like, who's going to want that contract? Ain't nobody going to want that contract. Uh, you cannot trade Cole, obviously. But, I mean, you're going to have to start moving some pieces. Like, you know, guy, even though Chapman has had a bad season, like, or not a great season, like, he still has some value. So you could still try to get something for him, you know, uh, try to get something for him so you could uh, start building for the future. You know, Britain, some of these guys get – just trade them. Uh, I see they got a was it uh, Brett Gardner? Yeah. Like dude, like he's I think he's good defensively, but he's like like he sucks oh. at hitting. Like what is he on? Why is he on this roster still? Like you're by you having him on the <laughs> roster, you're taking at bats from the young guys that are probably ready to come up already. Yeah. yeah. Like just let the young guys come up. And, and see what they give you. And who knows? Like, they'll probably give you a little run, give you a little spark. I mean, sometimes you need young energy, young blood in the lineup. In the lineup. Yeah. And that, that's what, that's the frustrating thing about Yankee fans that are seeing. Because when Glaber Torres came up, uh, Gary Sanchez, all these players, when they came up, there was this fire under them. It's like they had something to prove. And now that they're in the big leagues, they're just like, they're not improving. They're just either staying still or getting worse. And how does that happen? Yeah. How does a whole team? It's not, it's not one player. It's a so whole maybe team. it's a type of culture that is going on. So maybe Boone does 
deserve some type of uh, blame for this because he's babied them this whole time where it's kind of like, yeah, it's okay. You know, let me slap you on the wrist real quick. And now it's kind of like um, you're trying to get a little tough with them and they're kind of like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you're not supposed to talk to me like that. <laughs> you know, so so I don't know. Like, no, 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 no. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> a couple, you know, a couple, a couple months ago, you were very nice to me. Tell I could do me do whatever I want, but it's like, you know, you can't talk to me like that. I think a lot of these guys, I mean, probably sensitive. I mean, yeah. they look a little sensitive. Like the young dudes also. So like, you're kind of like, hey, like. Why are you calling me out? I'm the all-star catcher or former all-star catcher, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. If you're the I think if you're the Yankees, you got to kind of find a way to uh, trade some of these pieces to bring up these young guys and see what yeah. you got with the young guys. And who knows, dude? They got, I've heard that they got some pretty good yeah, prospects do. down there that are ready to come up. At this point, you have to bring them up. Like, you just have to. You have to uh, see what you got with these young guys. You know, I'm I'm not a big Yankee fan. Well, I'm not a Yankee fan, so I don't know who these prospects are, or what they're about. But if Yankee fans are telling you, yeah, hey, like these guys are the real deal. I mean, I think you should consider it. At this point, yeah. At this point, you're, dude, you're, you're underperforming by a lot. You know, what you have on the field is not working. Yeah, and then like you see, you see Boston, like. Boston plays with the type of energy that it's like, whoa. Like, I, I, I was watching a couple highlights the other day, watching some of their games, and it's like they play with the energy, dude. Like, like they they want to win, and the Yankees are playing with kind of like, uh, yeah, well, we'll get it together eventually. And it's like, dude, like, dude, we're almost at all-star uh, break. Like, yeah. if you no. haven't got it together right now, I don't think you are. No, it's too late for the season to turn it around. Um, the Yankees are going to have a dramatic change. But I agree with you. There needs to be a retool, uh, not a rebuild, a retool, kind of like what they did in 2016. Um, so we both agree on that, a retool. But, um, yeah, man, it's been a great, great, great show. Uh, we did something special, and we created our all-time teams for for our fan, for our for our teams, for our baseball teams, the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Um, I'm going to start it off first. I'm going to give you my starting five. Um, obviously, you got to go with Randy Johnson. Played eight years with the Diamondbacks. He was a five-time All-Star. Uh, he led uh, the MLB in wins. He was 24 in 2002. And, um, yeah, man, he also led in Ks in 99 with 364. That's, man, those numbers you don't even hear no more. Um, in 2000, he had 347 Ks. one he had 372 Ks. Um, I think I think he was the last 300 game winner, right? I believe so. I believe so. Um, and Kurt Schilling obviously would be my number two. He had four years with the Diamondbacks, won a World Series as well, two time All Star, 314 ERA with all those uh, years with the Diamondbacks. He also had 22 wins in 2001. Uh, as my third starter, I'll go Zach Greinke. Greinke had a great. Uh, Seasons with the Diamondbacks. So the only down season he had was his first year with us, but he had a th- he was a three time All Star, three forty ERA. Um, Brandon Webb is going to be my four starter. He was seven years with us, three times All Star. He had twenty two wins in two thousand eight. That's crazy. That's a thousand 
165Ks. Um, yeah, he's an analyst now with the Diamondbacks. Great to see Phil Webby with the organization, uh, as well as Randy. And as my fifth starter, I'm going to go with Patrick Corbin. This one's kind of hard, man. Uh, I was going to go with Dan Heron, maybe. But, man, if you really think about it, Patrick Corbin was a great, great player for the Diamondbacks. Great pitcher. Um, in that 20, 2013 uh, season, he... Him and Goldie carried carry the Diamondbacks. I mean, there was a time we were we, we were fighting for a wild card, and it was just uh, every time Patrick pitched, it was like we had a chance. And he was amazing that year. He was an all-star that year, as well as 2018. As far as his career with the Diamondbacks, he had a 3.91 ERA and 897 K. So Patrick ended up giving <laughs> getting a World Series with the with the Nationals, but. Yeah, he was, with his time with the Diamondbacks, great. Um, as far as my stars will go, obviously I'll have Luis Gonzalez in the outfield, five-time All-Star. Obviously that amazing, amazing uh, hit off Mariano Rivera to give the Diamondbacks their first world championship. Never forget that. Um, to finish off my outfield. I'm going to go with Chris Young. Chris Young is one of my favorite players from the Diamondbacks. I know he never lived up to the expectation, as many believed he could. He was a one-time All-Star. He played seven years with us. But in that 2011 uh, postseason uh, series, he was incredible, man. I mean, he had three home runs, four RBIs, two, two stolen bases, and 389 average. But the, the thing I would always remember about that playoff run was that incredible catch that he had in Game 5. I don't remember who hit it. I think it was... Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt who hit the ball. But uh, Ryan Brown was at second base. And then the ball looks to go over Chris Young's head. And he makes this incredible catch. And, you know, you just... You have Ryan Braun going to third base, and he quickly has to come to second base. And you just can't believe him when he's in second base. Like, damn, did he really just catch that? I will always remember that. He's always been one of my favorite Diamondbacks. So, yeah, man. Chris Young. And then to, to finish off the outfield, Justin Upton. Also, he was with six years with us, two-time All-Star. <clears throat> he was incredible with us, still with the Angels. But, yeah, man. It was those two guys. They grew up. I grew up watching them. I grew up watching Chris Young and Justin Upton. I was really excited to see where they could have led, but never, never were able to finish a career with us. But... Still amazing memories with those two players. Uh, all these players, actually. And um, first base, I mean, it's not even a question. Goldie. Uh, Goldie will always be a class act in Arizona. <sighs> Mouth got a little dry. I had to drink water, but <clears throat> yeah. Goldie was a eight years of the Diamondbacks, six-time All-Star. Led the league in home runs. 36 and RBIs with 125 in 2013, I believe. Um, and slugging. Wow. And Goldie had an amazing, I can't believe he didn't win MVP. That's a that's a year I thought he was going to win MVP. But uh, as far as the average with the Diamondbacks, 297, 209 home runs, and 710 RBIs. Goldie, always a class act. Going to miss him in AZ. Retired his jersey. Um, short slot, I'm going to go with Tony Womack. Always won, you know, won a World Series with us. He was a great defensive player. Uh, loved his energy. Uh, second base, Jay Bell also won a, a World Series with us. One-time All-Star in 1999. 
Uh, he was five years with the Diamondbacks. Uh, and catcher, I'm going to go with Miguel Montero. I don't think we've had a catcher be so so consistent. So consistent. He was a two-time All-Star nine years with the Diamondbacks. That was a lot of years, man. Him, Chris Young, Justin Upton were part of that group, and Goldie. Um, so, yeah, that's my starters. And to finish off, no, I forgot their base. Matt Williams at their base. Oh, my God. <laughs> Six years with the Diamondbacks, uh, one-time All-Star. <clears throat> had 301 RBIs, 278 average. Um, yeah, man, that, that's going to complete the starters. And bullpen, I'm going to go with Brad Ziegler. Seven years of Diamondbacks, 2.57 ERA. <laughs> had that nasty delivery. I thought you were going to go Young Young King. <laughs> I mean, he got us a World Series, but he almost blew that for us, too. Uh, and then as far as my other um, uh, reliever, I'm going to go Archie Bradley. Um, just, just... It just, just, just because of, he's your favorite player. One of my favorite players, man. Just he changed that really culture, you know. He, you could tell he really loved Arizona. He really wanted to change the culture. Just you know, just the situation. The team was able to stay longer. We'll always remember that iconic wild card game, the triple man, stuff the bobblehead. So just a lot of memories there with Bradley, but. Career-wise, with the Diamondbacks, you know, he did run to bonds, but for the most part, it was incredible, man. 3.96 ERA, 28 saves, uh, and 404 innings pitch, and 419 Ks. I mean, that was, what else do you want from a reliever? You know, he's hit the struggles, but who doesn't? Yeah. That's my that's my all-time team for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Well, I think if my all-time team met your all-time team in a seven-game series, yeah, we'd who sweep. would win? We tweet. You guys would not hit Randy or Chili. Oh, really? In the prime, baby. You got Grinky as our third. Yeah, no, it'd be <laughs> an easy sweep. Uh, I mean, I'm going to start it off with my catcher. I think uh, I'm going based off kind of like who I grew up watching and kind of like also they had to have an impact on the team. Mm. Cannot just uh, put a guy who did not have impact on the team. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to leave a lot of guys off the list. But this is who I'm going to roll with. I'm going to roll with Mike Piazza as my catcher. Uh, rookie of the year for the Dodgers. Uh, he was one of my favorite players growing up. Watching him play. I mean, when I started watching baseball, that's kind of the guy I was, uh, was you know, the star of the team. When they traded him, I remember... It was kind of, they traded him to Florida, and then Florida traded him to the Mets, something like that. I was kind of heartbroken that we traded him, a little upset, but um, yeah, he was one of my favorite catchers. First baseman, I mean, you can't go wrong with Steve Garvey, Popeye Arms, dude, that guy, that guy was a 10-time All-Star for the Dodgers, I mean, delivered World Series for us, couple, and then... Yeah, can't go wrong with him at first base. Jackie Robinson. Almost forgot about him. <laughs> That's how crazy this list is, dude. Almost forgot about him. I mean, Jackie Robinson, my second baseman, my leadoff guy probably, provides some speed. I mean, this guy would steal home. That's how electric he was, you know? And, you know, all the history that he has done, obviously, with baseball. I mean, his number gets retired, his numbers retired and all the baseball, that, that means something. Corey Seager would be my shortstop, rookie of the year for the Dodgers. Um, 
I think he was uh he was he just he he's I think he's the first Dodgers shortstop. I mean that that provided some type of excitement. You know, I mean we had Nomar Garcia Parra, but he didn't play a lot of shortstop with us. He played a lot of first base towards the end of his career. Um but Corey Seager provided that that spark, you know, that 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 you know, he's not your average shortstop, dude. This guy could, like, be a third baseman. He's big. He's tall. Shit, he could be a first baseman. That's how that's how big this guy is. So I think he changed the game as far as, like, his size. So I, I, I think that uh, not only that, and not only that, but he was an MVP for us last year in the World Series. Um, so, yeah, he had to make my list. And then uh, third baseman, man, one of my favorite players of all time, Adrian Beltre. Like, dude, he's he was amazing. I know that he didn't finish his career with the Dodgers, and uh, he took off. Um, I think it was to Boston, Seattle, Boston, and then he had a run with the uh, Rangers at the end. But he was so exciting to watch, man. And him at Dodger Stadium, dude, with 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 some of his uh, his crazy swings and awesome defense at third like he was an, a player that I, I was kind of sad when he left the Dodgers and he signed with the Mariners I was like man dude like why like this guy you know he should have got locked up be or should have ended his career with the Dodgers but I don't know they decided not to pay him and he ended up having an awesome career elsewhere but he, he makes my list one player that I always enjoy watching in the outfield is uh Sean Green man he had such a smooth swing. So smooth. I mean, this guy had a couple 40 home run seasons for us, all-star games for us. He was so smooth with the bat. Um, and he delivered. Like, I felt like every time I saw Sean Green, like, he delivered. So, Sean Green makes my list. My center fielder, uh, it's kind of hard, but I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. Just because he delivered a World Series for us, I mean – he pretty much came here, helped us get over the hump. That's kind of why he makes my list. Uh, and not only that, he's a phenomenal player. Like he, He's played really well, uh, not just in his first season with the Dodgers, but in Boston he was an awesome player. But anytime a player comes here, helps us get over the top, delivers a World Series for us, you make my list, especially if you're a Dodger fan. Waited so long. Uh, one of, Another player, man, that... Uh, probably people are going to be like, dude, why is this guy on your list? Gary Sheffield. Dude, I used to love this guy, dude. Like, this guy, his, his swag was bad. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I was – and then his swing was so smooth, dude. So smooth. And I I think Gary Sheffield, you know, I know it was the steroid era. Probably won't get a lot of credit, I don't, you know, because of that era. But, I mean, he came out big for the Dodgers a lot of times. You know, he was an awesome player, dude. Um, so he makes, he makes, he makes my list. As far as my starting rotation, I mean, this is deep, man. And I left so many out. Yeah. I left a couple guys out that should have made this list. <laughs> but, uh, first on my list is Sandy Koufax, three time Cy Young award winner. I mean, this guy is amazing. I mean, they say that he was Kershaw before Kershaw, I guess, like that. Like, that's how that's how good this guy was. Like delivered all the time, you know. Uh, 
amazing seasons after amazing seasons, put up its absurd numbers with strikeouts, and he was he's he's going to go down as probably one of the best Dodger pitchers of all time. Um, next on my list would be Oral Hershiser. I think he was uh, like I said he he helped that '88 team deliver pitch on short rest. They they called him the Bulldog for. For a reason, man. This guy was a legit bulldog. <laughs> like, you know, whatever the team needed, he did. Kershaw would be my number three starter here. I mean, three-time Cy Young Award winner and now MVP in 2014. I mean, I don't need to say much about Kershaw, what he's done in his career. Finally got his World Series last year. Uh, so I think that that, that has... I mean, he's always got praise. He's always got praise throughout his career. But getting that World Series, I think, put him over the top a bit. My uh, fourth starter would be uh, Don Sutton, another amazing Dodger pitcher. Uh, Cy Young Award winner. I mean, this guy, amazing. God, all these guys could be aces, for real. Mm -hmm. And my fifth starter, like, how could you, like, Forget about Fernando Valenzuela. Like, dude, this guy is like he hey. brought he brought a, a, a he brought the Latin fan base back to Dodger Stadium. That that uh, that that energy that Dodger Stadium has. I feel like Fernando brought a lot of that back to Dodger Stadium. You know, uh, awesome player. The way he used to pitch and he kind of used to look up as he was pitching and he released the ball. I mean, I never got to watch him, you know, because, you know, the guys like, like Don Sutton, Valenzuela, and even Hershiser, Colfax, I didn't get to see these guys. But just seeing highlights and seeing seeing uh, uh, things they've done in their career, I mean, cracks, they cracked this list. And, and yeah, just, just Fernando, the way he, he uh, brought that electricity to Dodge Stadium, I feel like that's how it got so electric during that era. When he was uh, when he was on the mound, Fernando Mania was uh, they used to call it back in the day. Hmm. And then as far as my uh, you know two relievers, man, I gotta go with Eric Gagne as one of my uh, top relievers. I mean, I know he was in the steroid era too, and he got busted for roids and all that. But hey, everybody did it at that time. Who cares? Uh, but yeah, he cracks my list, man. He he holds he holds the saves record or. Uh, for most consecutive saves, I think, um, in Dodger history. So, I mean, he has to, you know, every time he used to come in, he used to play that game over song, and it was game over pretty much, <laughs> you know. And then uh, my other reliever would be uh, Kenley Jansen, you know. he I think he deserves some credit. I mean, he's been with the Dodgers for a long time, still with the Dodgers to this moment. He's revived his career so far this first half of the season, so I think that's that's also like, yeah, that's that was huge for him. But other than that, I mean, he's had a pretty good career. He's been pretty consistent. He's had a couple hiccups in the playoffs, but I mean, who hasn't? So yeah, he cracks my list. And then I know you didn't pick a manager, but I'm picking my manager and it'd be Tommy Lasorda managing this team and. Taking your team in four game in four games. Well, we're, we're going to manage. I'll put Bob Brantley, obviously, got us our first World Series. So 
first and only, so you got to put them in there. Oh. I mean, you guys only existed for like 10 years. When? You guys have only existed for 10 years. <laughs> hey, man, we, we well, we're the patches. We're the, Pretty much you put your whole 2002 team right there. 2001 team, yeah. Or one, from yeah. From that era, yeah, basically. Jesus. Basically, I don't think we've had, you know, I've debated putting the Tatman on there. I remember Tatman with the. Who's Tatman? Ryan Roberts. With the 20, 2011, dude, he went on this crazy run. I, I, I remember that 2011 team. It was a pretty crazy team. Second base. Who did I decide? Or I, put, I debated putting J.D. Martinez. Just the incredible half season that he had with us. It's one for the ages. Um, you know, I was surprised that you didn't put Matt Kemp or Andre Ethier. I thought you put one. Yeah, you know, I was going to put Andre and Matt Kemp, you know, but I just feel like, Gary, to me, Gary Sheffield and Sean Green were like, man, like, they're kind of, do remind me, like, uh, Sheffield reminds me of Kemp, and, and Sean, Sean Green reminds me of uh, Ethier. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, but, yeah, this, I think Sean Green was just a very underrated ball player. Like, dude, this guy could hit. He could hit. Yeah. I think he was, he started his career with the Toronto Blue Jays. He came here, and he just took off, and he had an awesome season. For us. He had a couple seasons where almost he hit touch 40 homers. That was pretty good. And then Gary Sheffield, I mean, he was a fan favorite with the Dodgers. And this is my yeah. all-time team. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure people have better uh, better uh, opinions. And, you know, they probably have a, a, a different team for me. But Well, if anybody listening team doesn't agree with our uh for third team, yeah. Man, put it put in the comments on our Instagram when we post this. Uh, we're, we're happy to see everybody. Follow, yeah, follow us at the Old Bros um, on Instagram, and uh, you'll you'll check us out there. Third, you know, third base was kind of hard. I, I I know I put Beltre, but man, kind of like leading Turner out was kind of hard for me, man. Because Turner's a fan favorite. Well, he's one of my favorite players. Yeah, well, it's hard. Especially, it's hard, but but Beltre, I feel like Beltre added the electricity to the team. Like he was, and then not only that, but he also had an awesome career after he left the Dodgers. You yeah. know, uh, but yeah, leaving Turner out here was kind of hard. So don't worry, Turner. I'll put you on another list someday. <laughs> well, man, I bet the Dodgers list is pretty hard to do. Just so much history, so much. Uh, so many players, so many great players have been through that organization that it would be hard to make this list. But I thought it was something fun that we could do and excited for this special show for the July ending with a bang. Um, bang. Bang. Yeah, but excited, man. Excited to do the show. It's our second show to do our 4th of July. Um, so, yeah. We're yeah, Commissioner we're... Eric told you how he's going to change the MLB. Yeah, next year I'm going to have more changes. <laughs> I mean, we talked a little bit how we're going to fix the Yankees. <laughs> Or not, or not, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk more uh, MLB trade deadlines uh, coming approaching. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be interesting. I, I I like MLB's trade deadline. Usually there is quite a bit of trades that go down. It's mm-hmm. not like NBA or it's not like uh, NFL where they're so like nonchalant. They're boring. Uh, uh, MLB does lately. They you know they they there's not star power that gets moved. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes this year. Uh, but yeah, you know, hit us up, follow us on, uh, the old bros pod. Uh, yeah, they give us a follow, share, listen to our content. And, thank uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, have a safe fourth. Yeah. Enjoy with your family. Watch the fireworks. Enjoy watch the some baseball. Day. Watch the baseball. 
you yeah. know, get this video out there. Tell Manfred, hey, this guy's gonna take your job. You know. Yeah, you better get your act together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody, stay safe out there, and uh, we'll catch you guys soon. Peace.